Hey everybody, my name is Pastor Tony Gilmore. In a world where the word love is thrown around loosely, many people say, I love pizza, I love that movie, I love that car. But very few of us really understand what real love means. In this series, Reckless Love, we will see what love really looks like and how we should respond to the extravagant, unconditional love of the Father. And so today, man, I'm, I'm so full right now of what God has been depositing in my heart over this past week uh, on love. I, I was like, man, listen, we having church this weekend. It's happening because I know that God wants me to get this message out. And I, I believe that this month, as I've been talking to some of you all, has been powerful in understanding how much God really, 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 really loves you and how much he thinks of you. And so tonight, we're going to dive into this, this one portion of, we've been talking about God's love for us all month, all month. Now tonight, we're going to make the transition of talking about what do we do with this love that God has for us. Amen? So let's stand to our feet, as is our custom, our opening scripture. And this is a, a, a kind of a longer portion of scripture, and I'm going to lift my glasses because they're for distances and not nearness. But I want to read this portion of scripture, and it's going to be on the screen. And this really just kind of lays the foundation for where we're going. Beloved, in 1 John 4, 11, 21, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. It's complete. It's mature. By this, we know that we abide in him and he is in us. Because he has given us his spirit. And when we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God. God abides in him and he in God. So we have to come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. Come on, say that. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in the world. What a powerful statement. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, and now I'm just diving in a little more, this may not be up there. He is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. The title of this message is called Walk This Way. Father, I thank you. Fill us. Fill us with wisdom and insight and understanding. Give us a supernatural revelation of this word tonight. God, give us a rhema word tonight. Take the words that you've had me study and everything you place inside of me, and God, I lay it at your feet. 
Use it in whatever way you want to. Say whatever you want to. The script is not important to me. Your heart is. So tonight, speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me take a sip of water. We live in a world right now filled with hatred, offense, and division. And the Bible actually tells us that these are indicators of or signs that Jesus is coming is sooner. In Matthew 24, 10 through 12, it says, this isn't on the screen, but it says, then many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and many and deceive many. And because of lawlessness or that lawlessness will abound, we know that lawlessness is abound. And all you got to do is go to a stop sign or a stop light right now. And it says the love of many will grow cold. And so when we're walking through this, we understand that, listen, Satan isn't pulling any punches. Right now, the whole game is open and he is not playing fair. He's using whites against blacks, blacks against whites, Hispanics against Puerto Ricans. He's using whatever and whenever. And here's the challenge with us. Because sometimes we can be so carnally minded, so unspiritually minded, that we give more credence to the color of somebody's skin rather than what the word of God tells us to do with our brothers and our sisters. We're so caught up in what is on the media. And listen, let me say this. They're real problems. Racial profiling is real. Cops being able to get home, it's real. So we know all of it's real. But we have, we've allowed what the world wants us to see, the lens the world wants us to see through, the filter that we talked about, that the world wants us to see through, to dominate how we respond in God's house. And when we walk through this, we're looking and it's like, no, I know God loves me. We sing songs about he loves me. Oh, oh, oh. We sing it. But do you know that the greatest indicator that you really understand how much God loves you is not the warm and fuzzies, is not filling his presence at an altar, is not him paying your light bill or gas bill or, or giving you the house that you want or the car that you want. The greatest indicator that you understand the depths of God's love for you is how you give it away. Because I, I, I talk to so many people on a regular basis that say, no, God loves me, but they're me. Attitude, can I get north side for a second? Attitude stank. <laughs> to my friends listening in Europe, because we have some people listening to the podcast in Europe, stank means just really, really bad. 
But we have people who say they represent this great God, this loving God, and yet they are horrible people. Yet they say God loves them. No, I know God loves me. Then if he loves you, why can't you love me? Where did you become so super righteous and so super holy and so super put together that your sin is graded on a level where your your sin isn't as bad as mine? Where I can look and judge you and put you down and I'm critical of you, but I can't look at the beam in my own eye. You've hurt people. You've lied to people. You've stolen from people at different times. Why is it so egregious when someone does it to you that you can't forgive and let it go? The greatest expression of a man and woman of God that knows God loves them is how they give that love away. There was this song, you know, Run DMC was on my mind because... No, I'm not going. I'm not going to sing the song, but but they were on my mind because you know there was this one song called "Walk This Way." It was Aerosmith, which was a rock and roll band, and Run DMC was a rapper. You know, before Rev Run was Rev Run, he was a rapper with Run DMC. Just for my younger people. And what was powerful about that song? I was in high school when it came out. What was powerful about that song? is that you had this white rock and roll band partner with this black rap group. And they made this incredible song that was on the top of the charts. And they showed us, even though it wasn't churchy and all of that, they showed us that, that when people are willing to cross lines to come together, something beautiful happens. Can I just say this, and, and please don't be offended by what I'm about to say, but, but there's, when, when, isn't it interesting how when you have a mixed couple come together, how beautiful their kids are? It's, it's, it's like we don't even think about that all the time. And, and listen, kids that are in those situations, they have to walk through kids. You know, they don't know if they're black or they don't know if they're white. Uh, and, and they walk through being teased. But man, when, when every, just about every time I've seen that kind, whether it's Hispanic and black or, or, or whatever it could be, when they come together, there is a beautiful child born out of it. It's almost as if God puts a special something on that coming together. And yet, our world is divided by race, divided by culture, divided by class. When the Bible says that where there's unity, God commands the blessing. So then I go back to my thought. If you say God loves you, then where's your love for others? You know, 
when John writes this portion of scripture, again, he's on the Isle of Patmos. He's, he's, he's uh, been exiled because of his belief in Christ. And God has given him these incredible revelations. And he is writing to these groups of people. And, and he begins to talk about what love really looks like. And that the fact that God is love. And, and when he writes it, when you look up the word love, love is not just an emotion or a feeling. Love is an action word. Love isn't a bee, it's a do for us. And so what I found is that love has an expression. And here are three expressions that love gives. We look at this first portion of scripture in John 4, 11 and 12. And it says, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected. It is mature. It is complete. So guess what? If you're not walking in love, you're not walking in God. Because he tells us right here. And if you're not walking in love, guess what? Your love is immature. But I love my wife. But guess what? If you love your wife but hate your brother, your love is immature. It's not developed. It's not complete. And I'll tell you this. It is hard to fully experience the love of God for yourself when you can't love other people. And then when we look at this, we're looking at this thought process of of the fact that God abiding in us and his love abiding in us. And and the first expression of someone who really understands how much God loves them is that they have a love for others. That's number one. They have a love for others. But Pastor Tony, you don't understand. When I was 12 years old, These white guys did this to me. Pastor Tony, you don't understand. When I was 15 years old, these black guys did this to me. Guess what? As a Christ follower, as a person who says they belong to Jesus Christ, you're not asked to love. You're not suggested to love. You're commanded to love. And guess what? God doesn't put parameters or stipulations on the love that you're supposed to give to others. Remember last week we talked about agape love is God's love that's unconditional without any reciprocity. Guess what? He expects us to love that way. But what if they don't love me back? Guess what? Jesus died on the cross for people who didn't even care about him. He says, as he is in the world, guess what? So are we. So the way that God is not loving, come on, can we keep this real? Think about how many people curse God's name every day. Think about how many people distance themselves from God on a regular basis. And guess what? He still sent Jesus to be a gift for the world. You know what? He didn't send Jesus to be a gift for the church. He sent the Holy Spirit to be a gift for the church. He sent Jesus to be a gift for the world, for every prostitute, for every whoremonger. By the way, that's a person that sleeps around a lot for those of you that don't know that term. For every liar, for every thief. That's who Jesus was a gift for. For us, 
to be able to come to Christ. So therefore, if we really understand his love, then we should be giving that love to others. In chapter, or in verse 13, I love this part. It says, by this we know. Now check this out. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And it says, well, by what we know? What do you mean? Because that's a statement that actually is caught up in the statement before that. By this we know, or by what we know? By the way you love other people, we know that God's really in you. So Pastor Tony, are you saying that if I hate people and don't love people that I'm not saved? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying you're a baby. You're an infant in your faith. And you got some maturing to do in your faith because it takes that love that when it's perfected, when you're complete in it, you can love people that don't even like you. Now let me, let me break this part down because I think this is important. When it talks about God's spirit, it said he's given us his spirit. Since we know that God is love and he's given us his spirit, then love is not an attribute of God. Love is who God is. His spirit is inside of us, which means since his spirit is inside of us, when we are walking in his spirit, we are love. The problem is you've been living in your flesh too long. Do you know? <laughs> I love this part. <laughs> I almost want to come down, but I say it before. When you walk in hate, you're walking in your flesh. You are carnal. You are worldly. But I read the Bible every day. I pray every day. Well, guess what? The Bible says in here that he's put his spirit in us. So when I'm walking in his spirit, guess what I walk in? I walk in him. I walk in his love. So when I walk in hate, guess what? I'm walking in your flesh. I'm walking in my flesh. And do you know that your flesh is trainable? You can train your flesh. Your flesh only does what you've taught it to do. And what you've done over the course of time is you've taught your flesh to hate. You're like, but I can't love this person. They hurt me too much or they did that. No, you know what? You can't do it, but guess who can do it? And when you yield to his spirit, he will allow you to love people. You've been walking in your flesh. I don't like black people. That's because you're worldly and fleshly in this area. I don't like white people. You know why? Because you're worldly and fleshly in this area. You have given over to your flesh for so long that you think it's you. It's not you. So I have to train my flesh by renewing my mind. As I renew my mind to the truth of what God says, listen, it don't happen overnight. You may still get, you get around a certain person or around certain people. You may still get the, ooh. Or that thing, that person that stole your $50, you may still get that when you're around them. You might still get, oh no, sorry, forget what I'm saying. But you trained your flesh to do this for so long that now you think it's you. It was never you. You allowed and trained your flesh through the way that you think 
to respond a certain way in certain areas. And now, if you want to come out of this, you're going to have to retrain your flesh by renewing your mind to God's truth and renewing your mind to what he says. And listen, I'm not saying this is easy, but here's the problem. If you don't do it, you're the one in prison, not them. They're good. They're married. They moved on. Their life is good. You're the one walking around, can't think straight because every time you come around them, you feel that thing inside of you. I tell you one thing, the devil is a lie. I don't want to live like that anymore. My flesh will not dominate me, but I will be dominated by the spirit that is within me. And when I allow God's spirit to dominate me, what ends up happening is that the love of God comes through me. And do you know what? When I give love away, I experience more God's love. We're in this bed of Satan and I have a life group that meets online on Wednesdays. And so we read this one part in John Bevere's book where he talked about the difference between the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee. And it's interesting because in, you know, the Sea of Galilee is free flowing. So water comes in, water goes out, water comes in, water goes out. But they talk about the Dead Sea. Dead Sea only takes water in, but doesn't allow water to go out. So guess what? Everything that goes in the Dead Sea dies. Everything that goes in the Sea of Galilee lives. Why? Because it's a flow in, out. In, out. The reason why you don't feel like God loves you is because you just want to feel God's love for you. God said, I'm not just interested in you feeling my love for you. I want to get my love to you so I can get my love through you to somebody that don't know that they're loved by me. I don't want you to be the dead sea. The dead sea, everything that touches you dies. Relationships die. Jobs die. Dreams die. People around you are hurting and you are the one that's hurting them. Why? Because you're studying God's love and reading God's love, but you're giving out of your flesh hate. Lord, make me the sea of Galilee and not the dead sea. I'll tell you this, if you ever want to experience more God's love, I dare you to walk around giving it away. And I'm going to challenge you even more. Give it away to people you don't want to give it to. You want to, man, you want to really feel a, a rush of God's love for you, that, that, that ex-husband or ex-wife or, or that boss or whatever. You know what? Just do something nice for them. Just be a blessing to them. Give them a Starbucks card. Do something to express love. Because I'll tell you this, when you do stuff like that, that stuff can't stay in you for long. And you retrain your flesh to walk in love and not in hate. The second thing, man, when you really get a revelation of God's love, you get confidence in life. Man, man, man. When you really understand God's love and you're giving it away, there is a confidence that comes to you. It says in verse 17 of this, by this love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. But I want to submit to you this confidence isn't just waiting to the day of judgment. When you know God loves you, there is swag 
There is, there is a love that you walk in, a confidence that you walk in. When you go into an interview to get a job, you're not worried about the interview because you know God loves you. And this is what that confidence looks like. Lord, give me the words to say. Show, you know what, God, give me favor with this boss. But check this out. God, if I don't get this job, it just means you got something better for me. So I'm not going to sweat or fear or be concerned. I'm going to walk in and get my best, but if I don't get this house or this car or this man or this woman, guess what? You love me so much, you got something great in store for me. I told y'all the story of the house that we were going after. We wanted this house bad. We walked around the house, prayed, I'm praying in the spirit. Didn't know, you know, the Holy Spirit prays the perfect will of God. So I'm praying in the spirit thinking I'm praying for the house and the Holy Spirit is praying about another house. And when we didn't get that house, we were down for a bit. But then we both kind of looked at each other and said, man, if that's not the house, my God, what house does he have in store for us? See, when you understand that God loves you, you you have a confidence that, you know what, it's all going to work out for my good. I don't know what you're up to. I don't understand what you're doing. But because you love me, I trust you. So I'm, I'm, even when I get disappointing news, I say, that's all right. It'll hit me for a second, but my daddy loves me. Got something great in store for me. As a matter of fact, my daddy delights in the prosperity of his children. So instead of being in a funk, I walk around, okay. I walk around with my neck out. Oh, that wasn't it. Let me see. Where is it at? Let's see. That wasn't it. So it's got to be somewhere. I don't know when he's coming through. I don't know how he's coming through, but I know that he's coming through. So where is it at, Daddy? And when we got turned down for that house, Ange had her neck out and got on the internet and pulled up a house that was better than the house that we were looking at in a, in a uh, proximity to where we wanted to be already put together. And because we didn't see, we quit too early. When you got confidence, you don't quit. You just redirect your efforts and your steps. It's like, oh, this didn't work out. Okay, daddy, you must be directing me in another way or in another place. And she had her neck out. And that day, that next day, she found the house that we were looking for that we live in right now. Because when you know God loves you, you're like, no, this ain't, this ain't the end. I just need to keep looking. And I tell you, man, when you know God loves you, you can walk in confidence and not allow people to hold you up or hem you in. Matter of fact, you can love people that don't like you. You can love people that decided not to promote you. 
You can love people that decided not to help you and not to give to you. You know why? Because I am confident my daddy's going to have something for me. So he just decided he didn't want to use you. He's going to use somebody else or something else because he's my source. You're just a resource. And guess what? If you're not the resource, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be upset. My daddy must have another resource that he's going to use because I don't know how he's going to do it or when he's going to do it, but I know that he's going to do it. So listen, stop being mad that they pass you over for the, for the uh, promotion. Stop being mad that that knucklehead picked another woman <laughs> or she picked another guy. Uh, when you know God loves you, you're like, yeah, you were cute. I liked you a lot. But dang, that didn't work out. Whoo, God, what you got for me now? Oh, my God. And you just get, matter of fact, when you know God loves you and you're walking in that kind of confidence and you get over the hit a little bit and then you just like, you start getting like giddy excited. I can't wait because I thought that was it. That's not it. Oh, my God, what it's going to look like when it comes. That's all right. Y'all don't have to join in with me. I'm good. Because I know this, that I know this, that I know this. This ain't theory. This ain't just reading. I have lived this. That when I understand that God loves me and I don't get caught up in offense and don't get caught up in no's, but know that he's going to take care of me, I can walk in confidence looking for that thing to come through. I got to read you this scripture in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. This is kind of my go-to. Let your character or moral disposition be free from the love of money including greed, avarice, lust, and a craving for earthly possessions, and be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what, God, what, what you have. This is the part. For he, God himself, said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake you, let you down or relax my hold on you assuredly not. So then he says this. So take comfort. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Man, walking that kind, what, what can you do to me? You're not my God. Yes, I have a boss. And yes, I look to my company to promote me. But if my company doesn't promote me, guess what I have? I heard somewhere that promotion doesn't come from the north, the south, the east, or the west. It comes directly from the hand of the Lord. So if I didn't get this promotion right now, God must be telling me I'm not ready. Let me dig in and grow and develop so that when the time is right, God's got my promotion. A man doesn't hold your promotion. A woman doesn't hold your promotion. A company doesn't hold your promotion. God himself holds your promotion. And when you can look at the God that holds your promotion, it's the same God that you can call daddy. It's the 
same one that created the universe. It's the same one that opened the heavens and Jesus ascended to. You can have confidence and know even this no is not the end of me. You have confidence in life when you know God loves you. And then this last one, fear is expelled. When you know God loves you, you don't fear. No fear is good. Some people say, well, you should fear this or fear a little bit. No, fear is not good. Wisdom, caution, but fear, no. That's why, I mean, y'all hear me say this, and I'm saying this because I love you. That's why I don't play with scary movies. I just don't. I'm not scared of scary movies. Okay, maybe there's one. The blob just jacked me up. I don't, says something about, it's, it's slippery, it's quiet, you don't know. It just messed me up, but, uh, but I'm over it now. I just don't watch the movie. Fear is not a game that you play with. And listen, I'm, I, listen I'm, I'm, I'm just talking to people that care and want it. Remember we said your flesh is trainable? When you watch scary movies and you entertain that fear adrenaline, you're training your flesh to play with fear. And it doesn't seem like it, but the same fear that you've now trained yourself to deal with watching a movie is the same fear that you'll allow to stop you from starting that business. It's the same fear that'll stop you from starting that ministry. It's the same fear that'll stop you from stepping out and doing what God. Listen, I know our society has made fear this game and this whole play. And I get it, but I don't want to play the game anymore. Because I want to walk by faith. And this is what I've learned. I want to do things that feed my faith, not my fears. And so when I watch TV, I'm watching TV and I enjoy my shows. And I don't watch all Christian shows. I mean, I love my flesh. But guess what? Flash ain't scaring me. He's trying to save the world. But you're insidious. And all your other scary movies that scare you, you're feeding your fears. And do you know what can choke out the love of God? Fear. Fear chokes the love of God out of you because you will be afraid that he won't come through. You'll be afraid that he won't take care of you. Why? Because you just watch somebody get slaughtered in the, in, and, and just saying this. This, this, is, this is just a statement for my African-American brothers and sisters. That in all scary movies, <laughs> we go first. I don't understand it. Haven't been able to comprehend it. But we seem to go first. So, 
Fear is jacked up for everybody. But if you're an African-American female, and a lot of those scary movies, I'm sorry, let me, when I used to watch them, I'm like, how could you fall down over a blade of grass? It's just grass. How do you get up? Why are you rolling? Get up. You didn't break anything. Get off the floor. Sorry, y'all. Saturday night, my, you know. Fear is not something you play with. Fear works to your detriment like faith works to your advantage. And remember what I said? We talked about this last week. Faith comes by hearing by seeing, by hearing the word of God. Faith is released through my words and faith is confirmed by my actions. And that the Bible says that faith works by love. So my love walk determines the level of faith that I get to walk in. So when I'm walking in hate, I'm, I'm short-circuiting my faith. And when I'm walking in fear, I am cutting my faith off. So think about this. If, if faith comes by hearing and fear is the opposite of faith, then guess what? Fear comes by hearing or seeing. It's released through what I say and confirmed by what I do. So if I'm walking, and this is, you only know this. If you're walking in fear, anxiety, and worry, what are you feeding? What are you eating? What are you seeing? Who's your circle? You want to walk by faith? Put the word of God in. Speak the word of God over your life. And then be obedient and do what the word of God tells you to do. And then be, get around people who are doing the same thing you're doing. Can I say this and then I'm about to close. Hate. Well, let me see. Birds of a feather flock together. If you're trying to get God to free you in some area, you've got to lose that group that, that helped you get there. If you continue to surround yourself with people that hate the other race for whatever reason, and you're trying to move in a different way, guess what? It's like the crab mentality. As soon as you get ready to get out of the pot, they're going to yank you back down. They're going to say things to you like you're a sellout. Why? Because you're trying to do this. Or you're a this, or you're a that. Why? Because they're trying to keep you from where God is trying to take you. And so you're going to have to change your circle. If you're around people that all they talk about is what I don't have and what I don't got, and it's like, oh, this gout is just jacking me up. When did it become your gout? Why are you owning the gout? Why can't you just say, you know, gout's trying to take me over or gout's trying to mess with me? You owning it. My gout. You can have your gout. Gaucho gout. 
But see, faith takes in, speaks out, and does. And when we talk about that love walk, when I'm walking in love and I know I don't feel like it, I do the opposite of what my mind tells me. I do the opposite of what my flesh wants to do. When you know your weaknesses and your tendencies and you start saying, okay, God, help me to love, help me to love, help me to forgive. Guess what God will do? He'll help you do it, but he's going to put the responsibility on you to do what he says. And so tonight, the Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. Love is not perfected until you give it away. So guess what tonight? If you want that fear to leave you alone, that anxiety to leave you alone, that worry to leave you alone, then whatever area that you know that you still have hate in your heart, whatever area that you're still walking in offense and unforgiveness, it's time to let it go. You're cutting off your own flow. You're cutting off your own flow. You're becoming the Dead Sea and you're missing out on what God has for you. I know people that have been caught in addictions for decades because they won't forgive somebody. I know people that are bedridden with sicknesses because they won't forgive anybody. And God's like, it's time. Walk this way. Walk in love. Give love away. Do tangible things to allow God to shine his love through you. Hope you enjoyed that message. If you live in the St. Louis area or ever plan to visit, we'd love for you to join us at one of our services at 4324 Margareta at either our 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. service. Be blessed. We hope to worship with you soon.